0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host for this evening, Blevins, and I am joined by two of my esports idols in a lot of ways. I've been watching these guys for so long, and I finally get the chance to actually do some content with them. We've got none other than Ask Joshy, and that's admirable. Welcome, guys.
1: Hi. And if you
0: couldn't
2: I t- like card games and so <laughs> opportunities to talk about those more often is exactly what I want. Big same.
0: That is basic. That, that should just be the tagline for the show. We want to talk about card games, so we're going to. And we are going to be talking about the I don't think a card game has come out since Runeterra has been released so, or been announced. So the newest card game out there, Legends of Runeterra, certainly the newest from Riot Games. We've got all sorts of uh things to talk about here with runeterra we got our our preview patch weekend where we got to play for just such a sweet such a, a little a little crumb of play time uh oh, it's just so little they Be- because they know exactly how to dangle that carrot oh, out in front of us so they... that we we start sprinting towards it they got me so good Ugh, I think they got us all so good, but uh, before we jump into that, for those of you who have been living under a rock in the gaming and esports world, why don't you guys just take a, a quick second here to introduce yourselves? We'll start with you, Joshi Who are you, and why do you? Why do you like card games? What, what's up? With, what's your deal, man?
1: Hi, guys. I'm Ask Joshy. Uh, I've been playing card games since the mid-90s. Uh, I was about 10 or 11 years old. My dad bought the Portal starter set for Magic the Gathering, basically nice. comes with two starter decks explains how mana works on the board and stuff like that. Got and you basically draw them, you draw them in order and it explains like, Oh, he just played a Pegasus. He has flying. Oh, you have an instant. You can do blah, blah, blah. So learned very early and tried to get like the neighborhood kids involved, you know, at least with the starter deck. And mm-hmm. some of them took to it. Some of them didn't. One of them ended up playing Pokemon. So he was a pariah, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, we played for, I don't know, maybe a year. And then I dropped it again and didn't pick it up again until, Uh, I worked at IGN, IGN IGN.com for IGN Pro League. Bunch of StarCraft nerds sitting around, uh, (laughs) Miri and Sun Devil from back then, uh, reminiscing about Magic the Gathering. And then we had the realization, oh, yeah, we're all adults now with expendable income. So we all (laughs) just went and bought Innistrad, actually, had just started. So we got it right at the perfect time. Yeah, fantastic set for us. And went to FMs, played PTQs, et cetera, et cetera. So my... accolades and magic the gathering i played in a few grand prix but pre-releases are really the only thing i ever really won i got a box of cards here or there um i really like limited so Mm -hmm. games like uh auto chess auto battlers this year have been really interesting for me uh just having heavy draft elements and then of course i worked at blizzard the year that hearthstone came out so uh the first blizzcon exhibition that artosis won i actually organized and invited all those players and admin the whole thing and recorded games and yada 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 got to be on stage right behind crip as he lost (laughs) (laughs) blizzarding or no what did he do he like sacrificed his own leper gnome to lose the game and lose the tournament so that was that was a good time but uh since then i mean uh elder scrolls legends played a bit gwent played a bit uh magic arena once that started in um beta played a ton of it um still you know bouncing around a few different card games but right now Terra, i mm-hmm. think is fantastic Arena's kind of slowed down for me i haven't played nearly as much in the last few months uh, so you don't like zombies you don't like zombies uh i i <laughs> built that deck the field of the dead deck it, it's fun <laughs> for a day <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much my my card specific experience
0: awesome awesome admirable how about you i mean this is this your is this runeterra your first card game man <laughs>
2: Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> I, I'm very similar to Josh on this, actually. I started in 1996 with a set called Weatherlight and Magic. Ooh. And, I like uh, that one, Gerard. I, Weatherlight was great. I actually you know, I had this conversation with someone the other day about the first rares in Magic that you opened. And mm-hmm. I could recall that story. And to me, that's like a very powerful thing. I'd say when I was about 12 years old, I decided that games were going to be my life somehow, whether it was making them or selling them mm-hmm. or, or buying them and trading them or playing them, whatever it was going to be. I didn't imagine it was going to be casting them. Uh, which is what the last six years have been. I've been a full-time caster for Hearthstone esports uh, for the last six years, and recently there's been some hiccups and uh, time to rediscover some stuff, or perhaps patch things over and and you know move back on a new playing field. But I digress. Uh, the point is, I love cards, and if it's a card game in the past, I'd say <laughs> you know 22 years or so, I've probably played it. I've sunk money into you know well over 50 card games in my life, and I have a, a ranking system somewhere mentally where I put them. And I've only had a taste of Terra for about four and a half days. But after four and a half days, I looked down and I had played about 39 hours wow. in those four and a half days. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. And it was impressive to me because it speaks to me the way a lot of the card games I've continued playing over the years mm. really spoke to me. Where I want to try to do the same thing over and over again. And that to me is, personally is one of those big marks is when I want to do something over and over again instead so of try everything else. There's something really interesting there. I played poker full time for a while. You do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I played Magic uh, for a long time and tried to be professional in that one where my parents were the biggest hindrance because I was young and they just didn't understand where Mm -hmm. things were moving. And I want to do the same thing over and over there as well. You know, with Hearthstone, I had that same feeling. And now with Legends of Interior, I'm getting that same feeling all over again. So I'm very excited to see where this game goes. And I have a lot of thoughts on it in terms of the gameplay and, and where it sits right now, backed by a company like Riot.
0: Yeah, definitely very exciting though. I, I gotta say, admirable. You didn't mention the most important card game, and that's MLB Showdown. Oh <laughs> I love these MLB Showdown. That's maybe maybe that's for another podcast. Uh, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a <laughs> solid a three game. other people that would want to listen to an MLB Showdown podcast. Yeah, that's globally,
2: uh, by the way, not just here. Uh, right.
0: That 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 might be also living or dead too. Uh, oh, I don't God, know, definitely. but. <laughs> We'll, past present, <laughs> yeah, but, We'll uh, we'll have to delve deeper into <laughs> into that. Uh,
2: showdown days of future past.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're living in the wrong timeline. Riot got too powerful. We need Major League Baseball <laughs> to recapture the card game market. <laughs> McGuire, please. Oh God, yes. We, we're living in the <laughs> the Mandela Effect universe where steroids ruined baseball, and not the you know us just as a community accepting the steroided baseball and just loving everything about it. And we'd be, we'd be playing uh, MLB showdown online now. That's, that's the world I want to live in, but
2: that
0: has, Absolutely nothing to do with Legends of Runeterra, so we'll move on uh, real quick about my past uh, with gaming. I have a similar story to you guys, been playing uh, all sorts of card games for a long time. I actually started with MLB Showdown and Pokemon, so maybe I would have been the pariah uh, in your community, Joshi, But I uh, grew up in a somewhat conservative town, so my parents saw Magic cards and were like, oh, that's Dungeons & Dragons, which is the devil, so you can't play it. Uh, I was young enough to be part of that uh, uh, community, but then when I got when I became a teenager, that was like, oh no, this is just nerd stuff. You, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'd rather you be spending this on drugs. And then when they saw how much money and time I spent on it, they'd be like, couldn't you just do drugs instead? <laughs> like we can, we can cure you of that, right? Uh, didn't didn't quite get there. And I've uh, like you two have played pretty much every game under the sun uh, in terms of card and strategy games, and am very into the auto battlers now in MTG Arena. Uh, so, but Legends of Terra really, I think, has spoken to me in the same way that it's spoken to you guys as well, where it really seemed, it seems very polished, uh, for a game that's, you know, in this early access, early beta sort of phase. Obviously, they've been working on it for a long time, but one thing I wanted to kind of ask here is, you know, we've played so many card games and we've played so many digital card games, you know, digital card games now, there's Hearthstone, there's, uh, there's like, I don't know, a dozen other digital card
1: games that are out right now.
0: Do we really need, and we'll start with you, Josh, do we really need another card game now? Is this the time for a new card game, a digital one at that?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're asking me, it's <laughs> always time for a new game. Like, I <laughs> I will gladly jump into something new. Variety is the spice of life. Like, mm-hmm. even TV and movies, I will rarely ever go back and watch a TV, or a TV show or a movie because I've seen it already. I, I've got, I need that, you know, thirst for knowledge more more stuff to mm-hmm. cram into my brain um so i'm happy to have a new game even like fps uh played you know tons of overwatch obviously built a little bit of career on that a couple of years ago now apex and fortnite i'm happy to play either one uh, even like borderlands three something comes out I'm, mm. I'm happy to shoot some new things for a little while <laughs> at least but um if you're asking yeah I, I think there's plenty of space as long as it's Introducing something unique, which I think Runeterra is, mm-hmm. uh, with its resource system and a couple other features. But uh, right now, I feel like it doesn't overlap with any other game t- uh, 100%. So sure, bring them on. More card games. <laughs>
0: Admiral, how, how about you? How do you feel about there being another card game in the market?
2: So the way that I feel about it is pretty much the same. Like, bring them on always. I, I do have some concerns about like market dilution and saturation mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And kind of my head on it is that people talk about stuff all the time, but I have just, maybe it's because of like the pursuit I've been in my whole life, but I just don't feel like I've ever met anybody who dislikes cards. Yeah. And so when I think about that, it's like, well, how many different games need to exist for somebody to find the card game that they like? And the answer to that is there aren't enough of them. When you limit it to physical cards, it's so much more difficult to really get into a hobby like that because you have to find a store that has the cards. You have to then acquire the cards. You then have to protect the cards. You have to find somebody else who did all these mm-hmm. things, then you have to organize time to sit down and play. That's a lot of steps to sit down and play a card game, which is the reason that I've played probably 50 or so of them over my lifetime is that those are difficult steps and oftentimes mm-hmm. I've had to quit just because there's not enough people playing them. Like they're just they're not around. I have to travel an absurd amount of time for it. And so the beauty of the internet is now if all those games had been created online a instead, how different would they be today? And so for right now, I'd say like in the last five years has really been the frontier of where that's coming in. You know, we had Magic online for a number of years, but Mm -hmm. that was just not a not a good experience in my
0: opinion. God no, it
2: (laughs) broke me away from playing Magic at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I look at like Hearthstone as being like that's the scope of the game you're trying to hit is something that has that look and has that feel that is very appealing to you and is very convenient at the same time. And so far, Legends of Ruutera is looking like it's hitting all those marks. Like th- to me, everything looks like it's built uh, to be cross-compatible with mobile play, which I think mm-hmm. is a very important thing. Like I, I myself personally play a lot of mobile games, um, so something like that I'm super excited about. And if if you really want my true opinion on it, keep them cranking because I think that right now nobody has a stranglehold on the market that's out there. And so more competition forces people to develop better and better. And so I'm all for it. Get more of them out there, and let's see what can be done.
1: I want to interject actually yeah. there. He brought up a good point about, uh, introducing new people to card games. He, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he said, you haven't met many people or any people that dislike cards starting at blizzard in 2013. That was the hearthstone announcement literally like the month before I started working there. And so after I got there, it was, I heard a lot about, um, there were a lot of groans internally, like card game, really blizzard. Like, what are we doing this for? And it ended up, uh, like taking over the office, like, mm-hmm. People that normally didn't play any games like starcraft and warcraft and wow wow might be their only uh you know game that they play and suddenly now hearthstone was their first foray into like uh, competitive multiplayer playing against people rather than just raiding or whatever because they didn't have the dexterity for starcraft or they didn't have the um you know interest in diablo grinding or something like that Mm -hmm. so card games literally just having something you can sit down and play in 10 minutes is fantastic and there's not too many genres of multiplayer games outside of maybe fps arena fps Mm -hmm. uh, which again is like a high high dexterity sort of game that is a big barrier for a lot of people motion sickness even can be a barrier for a lot of people and card games just check a lot of boxes for a lot of people
0: yeah no matter how smooth my brain actually is i can still use that just as good as most other people uh whereas i can't click the heads like the teenagers it's not it's not my thing can't do it my (laughs) dumb fingers too dumb yeah. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, it, it's such, it's so crazy to hear that Joshie actually that before Hearthstone came out, people were like, Oh, who wants to play a card yeah. game? An online <laughs> card game? Magic's got that covered. Like, oh. yeah,
2: everybody, well, look, tournament. everybody, everybody really does. Like, that's the thing. You see, if you don't like cards, it's because you haven't found the game of you. That's what I'm convinced of. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there's somebody out there who doesn't, but you know, there's people who don't like filet mignon as well. You know, it's funny that True. Joshie mentions the dexterity thing. I have a short story here. I'll, yeah truncated as much as i can when i was young i actually injured my hands uh, and i injured my hands doing dumb bike stunts that i shouldn't have been doing i attempted Woo. something that i wasn't prepared for
0: but w- Extreme... was it a cool stunt
2: um no because i fell on my hands <laughs> oh. um, and so when i fell on my hands i didn't tell my parents about it because i knew they would have freaked out about it mm-hmm. and so if for whatever reason they came or ever came across this this would be the first time they've heard about it i've still never told them this story and i let my hands just heal All summer long, and they hurt the entire time. And so now I have this thing with my pinkies and my ring finger where I can't really move them separately. Like I can, but like it hurts to do it. And Mm -hmm. if I try to just grab this and move my pinky, ah, at a certain point it just like it keeps trying to move my ring finger and Mm -hmm. it hurts a lot. You've got nerve. One of the reasons. (laughs) One of the reasons I probably do or something connected weird. I mean, it feels fine when I'm just you know doing this, but Mm like one of the reasons that I couldn't play StarCraft or I couldn't play League of Legends super competitively is literally I can't use my ring finger and my pinky separately. And so I've tried my whole life to try to train this with cards. It kind of they kind of maneuver together and do some weird stuff. But that's one of the reasons I've kept playing cards competitively my whole life is I have that big competitive drive and that dexterity outlet's literally off limits for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, it, that's something that you know a lot of people don't even think about. Uh, where it, you can play card games pretty much no matter what if you have the ability to use your mind, uh, you can play card games. And and there's
2: there's a guy in Hearthstone. So literally, his name is No Hands Gamer, and he won an event in Philadelphia. Nice. By having an eye tracker where he clicks the stuff on screen. Hell yeah. Literally That's doesn't awesome. use his hands because of nerve pain.
1: That's Anecdote amazing. in chat, too, there about uh, these friends with a deaf card game team. And deaf, you know, you don't need sound to play cards. Right. That's true. <laughs> the perfect unifier.
0: Yeah. Card games are the unifier of the world, the unifier of the gaming community to bring everybody uh, together it's it really is great but i mean we we don't need we don't need to we probably don't need to sell the people listening to right. the runeterra podcast on how great card games are or maybe we do maybe you, maybe a bunch of naysayers are, are listening um but i'm wondering because there are so many games uh so many card games out there and you know hearthstone came out and really i think Magic, moving back even further, Magic was sort of the gold standard and in a lot of ways still is for card games. It was the first one. It was the first successful one, at least a trading card game. Hearthstone came out in 2013 or 14 for beta, depending on when. uh, And it really kind of shifted the paradigm. And, like, Hearthstone is what many of the games today base uh, their game on for online and digital card games. Well, how do you, like... Does Terra have the space to iterate again? I mean, we've we seen so many different like Hearthstone clones and not not even to take away from, you know, games like Shadowverse, because um, I'm sure they're fine games. I've played them. But like in a lot of ways, it's Hearthstone. But like also there's this thing. And if you ask anyone, it's like, oh, it's not anything like Hearthstone. It's like, come on, dude. It's Hearthstone. The uh, and uh, the. Uh, there's
2: nothing like magic.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> it's like so much. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, where does where does Legends of Ru'tera fit in in that sort of conversation for you, Admirable? Uh, one of the things I look at is just the systems on which you build
2: uh, a, a card game. Mm-hmm. It's game engine. What are its rules and its foundation, and how does that change? And one of the best ways I think to look at this is just look at regular styles of card games that exist with a traditional 52 card deck. And there's two big ones that come to mind for me. Which is number one is poker which is uh, an evolution of your hand as you, as you go along. Mm-hmm. Another one is three-card Monty, which is a guessing game where you're trying to find the edge amidst that guessing game. Um, when I look at those two things, most card games feel like they're built on the evolution of poker where your hand changes as you move along, and it changes pretty drastically with draws. Um, Le- this legends of Terra is very much fitting in that mold but they're taking on secondary principles mm-hmm. i feel like to try and change the game engine which to me is the initiative of whose turn it actually is
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's where things get really crazy for me is that legends of Terra, you don't have turns you have rounds and each player is playing simultaneously within a round you can move back and forth with that but one player has the attacker's initiative and one player has the defense liability so what turn you're attacking on is what's going to change how you how you approach this game. It's a, it takes a lot of focus away, I feel, from how you're end of, your draw ends up panning out and a lot more focus to how did the game start to set up and how can you take advantage of that as it moves back and forth. And so that's something that is really difficult to do is mess with the secondary mechanics of the games instead of the initial game engine to really mess with that. And I think they found a very clever way to do it in a way that feels very much like l- a League of Legends game would to me if it was made into cards which is Mm -hmm. very fast paced it's moving back and forth you constantly have actions on both sides but there's still that careful consideration that you need with every card game to manage your resources properly and find the right timing for your edge
0: yeah i uh that that feels that feels very on the on the nose there it's it's yeah it does feel like because when you look at it when I first saw it I'm like oh this this does look like Hearthstone but then when I played it it's like oh no there's so much more than that Josh Joshy what are your thoughts on uh on on Runeterra and how it actually plays out as a, a differentiator
1: uh well the I mean obviously Admirable made some good points and the two biggest card game things that you can design and perfect are resource management and interaction so Magic obviously has the land system, but then it has instant sorceries, split second, you know, 8,000 keywords by now. But uh, there's a lot of interaction. And they're right? all so... on Questing Beast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Hearthstone changed it up again right they've got their resource system is linear so you never feel Mm -hmm. screwed by uh sequencing drawing four lands in a row or no lands in a row for example so your resource system has obviously changed quite a bit and then your interaction has changed quite a bit because you are doing your entire sequence of spells on your turn the only interaction really that exists are secrets and that is again a calculatable risk for Mm -hmm. the other player Um, they know there's only a limited amount of secrets that could possibly show up so um, the interaction is scaled way back resource system i feel like was done very well in hearthstone and now runeterra is again iterating upon that and i don't blame like copying hearthstone copying magic whatever dude like it's 2019 everything is a copy of something else true. if you have a truly unique game congrats no one's gonna play it because they're not familiar with it true uh, but um <laughs> sorry that is that is purely cynical not really my real take but uh, legends of runeterra that's a hot
0: take. Joshi hates new <laughs> you things. You take
2: away our right steal ideas. Where else are they going to come from? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. If it <laughs>
0: hasn't been thought of already, was it really meant to be thought in the first place?
1: Yeah, so uh, Runeterra now has their own resource system that I have not seen before. There is also in, you know, a moderate amount of interaction to heavy amount of interaction, depending on mm-hmm. the deck style you're playing. I think the resource management is pretty brilliant because it's not straight up linear you don't have to rely on drawing your mana which is really the biggest detractor for magic the gathering for me they've done rule Mm -hmm. changes in fact even with mulligans in the in the last couple of years to help you mana fix a little bit and get screwed less um and runeterra again it's that procedural mana generation like you have in hearthstone but also you get the spillover mana for spells and that Mm -hmm. is very important for deck variety because if it's just purely linear in Hearthstone, you're going to want some one and two drops or you're gonna, you could get run over. And in Rune Terra, you can actually just start the curve at four, five, six if you want. If you're a spell-based deck, Freljord Ramp or Heimerdinger, something like that, because you have that spillover mana, you suddenly have plenty of mana on their you know uh, second attack round, whereas... You don't you don't need a chump blocker. You can actually have a much larger, more powerful spell to block or remove their two attackers, something mm-hmm. like that. So, pacing wise, I really like the spillover mana and the procedural mana. Um, interaction wise, now we've got the burst and fast and slow uh, spell speeds that lets you kind of bounce back and forth between people. Burst combat tricks generally are what you're looking at, and uh, that's things like barriers and plus three attack and give elusive for one round stuff like that Mm. uh the fast spells are the magic instant speed sort of interaction where someone has time to actually respond to everything i like i think they've done a good job i think the only thing that feels maybe a little oppressive is burst speed barriers but we can talk about that later more specifically but yeah um i like yeah i like the resource system and i like the interaction i feel like there's a lot of room for our design in the future because of what they've chosen to do
2: yeah i want to add the last caveat Mm -hmm. i read something somewhere that said that they basically intended to make some pretty aggressive changes throughout its course. And that's really exciting to me, too, because sure. I think that with Internet and cards, stuff gets you know figured out a lot more quickly than it did back mm-hmm. in the payday when you know, like they, they printed some cards. You got your cards together. You tried to figure out what to build. You got the rest of the cards by trading or buying them or whatever it was. And you went to a tournament and you saw who won. Like people now, they figure this stuff out very quickly mm-hmm. and they're trying their hardest absolutely to win. So I think frequent changes is uh, a beneficial thing that they have, uh, I think, pretty much stated their intent to do. So I'm excited about that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that, that brings up a whole other conversation that I didn't even put in the notes um, that has to do with their sort of monetization and how you actually get cards in the game. If you're looking at something like Magic the Gathering, if, I mean, we just saw Feel the Dead got announced as banned a few days ago in, in Magic the Gathering. There's not, if if Magic existed as only MTG Arena, could they change field of the dead so that it's nine lands? Could they make it so that it, they could do a, a number of things. Could they make one, one zombies and said like they ha- would have the ability to do that, but they have physical cards printed on cardboard. You can't errata. You can technically errata, but there's no elegant, good way to do that. You do what the card says on the card because printed on actual paper, they can't uh, go retcon that. Um, and, and even in something like Hearthstone, where they have the ability to do that, we still see Hearthstone changes at a much slower pace than something like, say, TFT, where they're updating it every week. Because Hearthstone, Hearthstone's uh, business model is driven on people buying packs, people crafting cards, spending. And when you are changing something that someone has and that they've physic- they've spent actual money purchasing either feels very bad when that gets changed uh, or nerfed or something, or they have to, They you know, Hearthstone does a good job of compensating you for that, but like there's, there's a cost to that. Some of the legends of Runeterra, they have the ability to balance the game for the sake of balancing the game, not, and they don't necessarily have to worry as much about the sort of repercussions of, you know, oh, well, I just spent, you know, I just spent $100 on, you know, I'm spending, I'm spending $100 on Oko's right now in Magic the Gathering and then they ban them next week. Uh, and that, that's a, that's a huge feels bad. And as someone who bought Jace the Mind Sculptors the actual week before they got banned, I can tell you just how bad that feels. And also... Uh, bought and or traded for foil dig through times and treasure cruises the week before they got banned. That should have li-
2: known that one.
0: Okay. You know what? I'm a, I'm a degenerate one. card player at heart. I just hope for the best. Um, I really should have.
1: You're not trying, right? right. You gotta, you gotta buy them. You got, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> trade
0: for them. You gotta trade for them. Um, but part, I mean, the, dig through time and treasure cruise thing regardless of how uh pie in the sky i was thinking that happening really made me sort of ramp down my it pretty much made yeah. me quit paper magic entirely because it's like well i don't want to play this stock market for magic and even in hearthstone it's like i just it, there's something that feels off about it and rune seems to kind of to fix that a little bit do you do you have any thoughts on that Joshy?
1: I immediately don't because they gave us all the wild cards, <laughs> but right. I can relate to your card purchases right before banning. Because I was just telling you guys before the show that I built the Golos deck the first day of Eldrain, mm-hmm. and you know, I burned 10, 10 rare and mythic wild cards to get it my last ones so that I could have a competitive deck right. in the new standard. And now that's done, so I'm like, all right, bye. Like, <laughs> that's right. another game um because I don't want to shell out money for it I, I was perfectly fine playing you know 10 games a day or whatever and getting the daily rewards mm-hmm. and the weekly rewards but now I just don't I don't have a deck so it's going to take me too long <laughs> like I'll have to play tons of drafts and other you know right uh standard events and stuff just to try and rebuild those wild cards and not not about it right now maybe in the future maybe a new standard I don't know but uh currently that's a big turnoff for me and Terra's. Progression system seems good. Like I was unlocking things, you know, getting chests, and the more you win, the more you unlock. So I'm, I'm fine with the experience system. Ten to one is a bit ridiculous. I think 250 XP for a win, 25 for a loss, seems a bit extreme to me. I feel like hey, we like we like winners here. We like winners yeah, here in rutera Not everyone's not everyone's a winner, Blevins. Hey, half it's 50 of the people. <laughs> get
2: Legends, okay, the, right. not not the league of mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, so, that oh, was a bad fun. movie.
0: That <laughs> probably know. would have been an even better... That would have been a better podcast. I don't know. Rune Terrible? Uh, I don't know.
1: Opening chests and opening capsules and stuff still feels good. I do like the crafting system. has shards and mm. wild cards. That's feels good to me. But some. I did see a, a Reddit mathematician try to work out how long it would take to get a playable deck, and they said 40-hour-a-week players would still take multiple weeks. I just don't believe that. I don't think that's true. That I think sounds you're gonna, wrong. You're going to start with a couple of starter decks that you can modify and speed up and you know improve pretty quickly, so... Uh, I'm not really worried about having, you know, three decks the first week. If I can have one passable, I think uh, progress should be good. Yeah,
2: I'm, I feel very, I, I feel almost lost on it. I feel like the wild card thing was meant to like, it, it was meant to just showcase the cool cards they had. Like that was the whole point. Right. Teach people the rules, showcase the game afterwards. Like it's hard for me to mention on, a, on an acquisition system because I am just very much in the minority here where I'm like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to buy
0: it. Yeah.
2: I mean, so, I am too, but <laughs> I, I, I just buy it, but not, not nobody is in that situation. It's very rare that you have people who are career card gamers. Like mm-hmm. that, that's right. just, it's a hard thing yeah. to do in any field is to be a career at it. Like you have to be really into it. And so one of the perspectives I look at is literally from my wife and from her mom, they, they play card games and they play them super casually mm-hmm. and they're very hesitant to spend money on stuff. And rightfully so how much are they going to use it and how much enjoyment are they really going to get from it versus just playing the game in its normal form. Um, So my main concern with an acquisition system is a, have you allowed me to acquire everything? Because if not, I'm going to, I'm going to be unhappy with it if I can't acquire everything. But secondarily, like in terms of acquiring things and being able to do them so aggressively, like they have to monetize somewhere. But if you look at League of legends, like the league of legends monetization model was built on cosmetic things. Basically Uh like that. Mm -hmm. That's like how their company got big was, Selling cosmetic things that people really enjoyed and really wanted to engage with, so kind of moving that back and tie everything in. There are some pitfalls to like buffing and nerfing cards and creating cosmetics for cards and so on and so forth. Which is like a. Sometimes things become unrecognizable, and if you've been away from the game for any amount of time, you know, then not recognizing something is a big deal. Or when something changes True. and you encounter it again for the first time, you're like, wait a minute, I thought that was that thing. Like Those are benefits and and negatives that happen at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, with those sorts of decisions. So finding that right balance, I feel like, is the biggest task that they're going to face because that really has never been done in cards before. Aggressive changes, tons of cosmetic changes uh, available if that's something that they want to go towards, Mm -hmm. and then perhaps limiting acquisition in some way to where you literally might not be able to get everything. I don't know if that's going to be the case because... There's like a gold purchase system thing I saw in the store. And I was like, well, if yeah. I can just buy everything, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to limit what, like, what I can play with in a constructed manner, to me personally, that is a bit of a concern. And I've ne- it's because I've never experienced it before. So I'm curious to see if that's something that, that actually plays into how I enjoy the game and feel about it. But again, I'm in the super minority there. So I think that where they're headed, they think about it right. They have a ton of data they're very smart people over there who are helping Mm -hmm. design games and i've talked to some of the people who have been on that dev team and i think that the challenges that they're facing are exciting challenges not ones that really concern me as much uh when i have to think about them from top down
0: yeah i'm in the same or at least a similar category where like yeah you know what i like magic arena i really want to invest some time in it i've spent an amount that is probably more than most people i've spent a few hundred dollars on it i'm not a not ashamed of that. Like I love Magic. I would play Magic Arena almost exclusively. Like
1: you'd spend more on paper. So I would be spending <laughs> way. I've yep. spent. Yep, I've lost. Totally I've, wa- <laughs> I've
0: had more stolen uh in paper than right. I've spent in, in MTG Arena. Yeah, another reason why I'm not going to go into it. Uh yep. But it it's just like especially if Admiral, if what if what you're saying is is true, and and if what they showed in the preview patch is kind of what plays out, it's like. Well, I have this nice crisp 100 dollar bill. I just want to be able to play. I want to build five meta decks and play the ones I want, right? But if it's like, oh, well, you can only have you know, 25 wild cards a week with the with the gold. It's like, um, so does the game just come out in 5 weeks and we can buy all the cards? Like, that seems <laughs> that seems like it would be uh it just seems weird that they would like scuff the meta or scuff like it just seems really weird because like the free to play argument that people always make is like oh well you can play for free like i'm not paying a single cent into this i'm going to i'm going to grind 160 hours to get my deck it's like well yeah dude there's but i have a job that? there's nothing wrong yeah. with that but i have a job there's i can't, can't do you. it yeah. like i i would rather just spend the money because yeah time literally equates into money i don't have the i don't have the time to grind through all these things especially when i'm probably going to be getting way more 25 experiences than 250 <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's uh i guess another uh that's another discussion to have uh for sure but back to the 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 game itself because mm-hmm. i think this this next uh this next one here is probably at least to me the most exciting thing about uh Terra and that's the champions we saw i don't i don't know the number do you guys know how many uh, what it the number 20, of champions it? is it 20 24 champs? i think
1: 24, 24
0: yeah 24 champions that you can essentially are building your deck around in a lot of ways and what was really cool to me was not just that because you know we have heroes in hearthstone yeah. uh you know we have other things that are similar to it um in other games but what was really cool to me was like i saw a teemo aggro deck i saw a teemo like otk combo deck i saw a teemo Actually, I don't know if I saw this. I might have just built it because <laughs> it was bad. Um, like a Teemo control deck, where like the Teemo mushrooms are the only win condition, and everything else is like yeah, just Teemo control clones. cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really seemed like it wasn't even just like the five or I guess six houses, like the six colors of magic in a way, but it was also like the six, the six um, factions, and then also there was a bunch of combinations of heroes that you can do. And even those heroes can be used in different ways. So it, it, it maybe, I mean, obviously we had a very short amount of time to play this uh, preview patch, and I'm sure that the pros out there would break the meta, and it would be, it would probably go down to something that's similar to other card games. So there's maybe a handful of decks that are competitive. But watching the preview patch and playing it, it seemed like there was just a ton of viable decks and and not even just that a ton of different like very distinctly different archetypes like control like a heavy control deck almost like a freeze major like a a drago control the combo decks with fiora and, and Teemo, kind of hyper aggro decks like what did what was your guys experience with that uh joshy with with the different like archetypes of decks and the champions
1: uh, well, the first day, obviously, we didn't know, you know, really anything about what was good and what was bad. So mm-hmm. it was just trial, trial by dying, learned by <laughs> dying. Um, so whatever killed me, I was interested in, and I would look, you know, investigate and see. Oh, she who wanders, that seems pretty bonkers. Although the she who wanders deck immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, Timo, like Teemo and Lucian and Heimer, I want to say people didn't really understand like how to utilize them well, so they mm. never saw them. I thought Heimer and Ez was just like a garbage deck at the beginning because I didn't really I get how the turrets worked or like uh, you know fleeting mystic shots, how valuable they actually were in spell shells. So it takes a lot of like experimentation and stuff like that. Something that obviously is going to happen every oh, new card oh, game oh, is awesome. red deck wins sly whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. aggro burn and that is you know something that i still enjoyed playing in magic even now like years and years into the game mm-hmm. so um that was obviously the first thing i tried to do was how do i kill someone immediately before she who wanders <laughs> is, is destroys my entire board five one hastes for two <laughs> mana
0: because i think there's Sometimes, multiples of yeah. those
1: oh and that is okay so that is that is a big point right now just clear there on that one 20 health is not a lot of health right now <laughs> in the game no. I almost feel like... No, it's not. I feel like 20 could go to 25 and it no! Would still... No! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no! well, okay. I think well, that's a real conversation decks, to have. My aggro decks win on the second combat a lot. And I think mm-hmm. there's not a lot of counterplay to some of them. So currently, that's where I'm standing. Admirable, you want to bounce it back at me? That's fine. Let's hear it. Yeah. Play some cheaper cards, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yes but then, but try, then is everyone going to win is everyone only playing cheaper cards what are control decks balanced, phase right? out completely? But controls when, when does that, that how many it... cheap cards do you need how many tricks do you need what tools
2: line up well against other things see to me this is i'm very much every single time i think about these new card game engines and i want to i want to like break them down you i have to go back to mark rosewater and timmy johnny spike Like, Mm -hmm. that is a timeless article that will forever exist in card game dynamics. Archetypes. Yep. Yes. Are you, are you, this, it's honestly, it's just card game archetypes. Are you the kind of player who only wants to win? Are you the kind of player who wants to just play their big stuff because you enjoy playing big stuff? Or are you the kind of player who wants to find mechanisms within the game that work in interesting ways and utilize those? There are mixes of those personalities. I'm not going to get into that. But Timmy and Johnny and Spike are very real things. And I encountered Mm -hmm. very few Spikes when I was playing... Uh, in, during those five days that this beta was open or the alpha was open, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much am on the spike side of things. Like I would say that there's combinations of all three of them within me, uh, but spike is what's taking up most of that color pie. And my yep. goal was mm-hmm. to win as many games as I could. And I played against it's so fun. many people, they just they just didn't do anything. Like I would kill True. them on turn four True. or whatever. They just, I'm like- play a card like <laughs> you, you have to have a card to play and like sometimes people's first card was just play sweeper. forehead yeah yeah so right. they would try to board sweep and then you would have counterplay to that and i'm like that's just that's not going to be good enough like that's the driving mechanism of those games and how those foundations are built there's mm-hmm. a lot of big exciting stuff that you want to try out but you have to figure out how to get to that big exciting point if you just start at the peak of the mountain climbing everest isn't that big of a deal so that's why they have that whole trail that you have to go through the whole way there. And it's so dangerous and people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to have you know, guides along the ways, is because they want to reach the peak. You know, it's, They're kind of paying to win, but mm-hmm. if, if you really want to break it down on, from a card acquisition standpoint, that's like, that's going to be true for everything. If you want to be good at tennis, you need a trainer sure. and you need that's rackets, right. and you need mm-hmm. shoes and you need nutrition and you need training and that requires time, et cetera, et cetera. Everything you do is going to require a lot of time and effort. And so when I look at these card games like this, 20 health is a very, is a very low mark but that, to me, is part of the driving force of the game, is how much aggression can you apply versus how much aggression can you stave off at the same time? And then can you build that within the system of attack initiative to be beneficial on you, no matter which side that you're on? And that, to me, is a whole nother discussion that I'm willing to have that worries me about the game engine. But I digress. The point to me is that the more aggressive it is, the better, because that drives people into using more predictable resources, and mm. those are the kind of tools you can counter, is when you know what other people are doing. So I- I'm happy with the 20 health, and I'm happy with the aggression. Keep it coming
0: yeah i i actually had like my opinion flip-flopped multiple times while playing in the preview patch i thought okay my initial thought was yeah 20 health if i'm just looking at it without even having played a match i'm looking at okay 20 health uh is magic health right and this game feels if i'm looking at a spectrum of hearthstone and magic it feels and looks like closer to the hearthstone side so I'm like, okay, that seems low. Then I saw the freeze, uh, not freeze mage, but the freeze Jaina uh, Ezreal deck, and I'm like, oh, I played that. And I'm like, oh, Ash, <laughs> what did I, what did I say, Jaina?
1: Not Jaina. No, that would be that would no, be wrong. That would be wrong. <laughs> said that.
0: No, I don't know what I said. Uh, <laughs> you did say Jaina. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ash, which is weird because I have a TFT uh, Whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 Ash, not freeze. Come on.
0: Ash and Ezreal deck. God now I need to I'm not even you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it fly. I don't care. Uh this is called the it's not called the Rune Fantastic radio for yeah. a reason. Uh but the I played that and I'm like, oh well I played against all these five twos for two with haste. And I had pyroclasm, or I had freeze your guy, or I had I'm freezing like three of your units every turn, and it's like, well, I got I like survived at one multiple times and then ended up winning. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe control seems really good. And then I switched to like a uh, aggro like Katarina deck, and it's like, oh, I killed you on turn two yeah, because it's I had a whole other two. Ball game. yeah, and I do think I do think admirable. You you make a good point. It's like. When, like, at the end of the day, like, the meta is going to be controlled by Spikes because they're going to be trying to win. It doesn't, like, Timmy and Johnny can do what they want, but they're going to be at a certain level on the ladder, right? Their spikes are going to ascend to that higher level because they're going to, if if all the Timmy's and Johnnie's are playing these huge combo decks, it's like, well, I'm just going to play a 5-2 that can't block or a 5-2 haste, a 3-2 haste for one, um, and your big nine drop is irrelevant because it's in your hand the whole game. It's like they're creating the those combos. checks.
2: Yeah, Damage One plus be- damage plus yeah. damage equals
0: lethal. <laughs> One of the best combos is counting to 20. It has been for many, many years, and it will continue to be. So but
2: the important part is that there's ways to combat stuff like that. Yes. And that's what I experienced so far. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that they want to favor aggression. Um, you know, kind of talking way outside of it, I feel like the game time was really good for me. It was very short, but mm-hmm. it felt impactful. And again, it's because you're going back and forth. You're both playing two turns, in two turns. You're both playing it. That's really the big key to me. Um, So I feel like that the timing of the game is set up perfectly and right on pace where they want it to be. Where it's like, sometimes the game will extend and you'll be looking at 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Sometimes the game's not going to go that long and you're looking closer to like 3 to
1: 7 minutes, I would say. I was going to say, 3 to 5 minutes, I uploaded a game today with the Teemo aggro. I call it Shroom Kaboom, but basically it was like, (laughs) all right, well, that squeezed out a lot of damage in two turns.
2: Yeah, I, I think the game time is spot on. It's exactly what I want it to be. The one problem I have with champions is that I wasn't just assigning it the way I did in League of Legends. I wanted an AD, a support, a mid lane, oh. a jungle, <laughs> and a top laner. Is that That's really? what I wanted? <laughs> That's, it's exactly what I want. Because, like, honestly, like, let's make a comparison to Artifact real quick, which was an attempt at bringing Dota to a card game played them. <laughs> a lot of people did. 200 um, hours. I guess I guess is where I'll put it at. Um, One of the biggest problems I had with Artifact, for me personally, is that it didn't feel like a Dota card game. It felt like a card game skinned as Dota. And about two weeks after I said that, that's literally what I found out happened, was that the game was purchased as its IP, and then it was skinned as Dota. The developers specifically looked for a way to sell it to a company that had the right skin for the game model they had created. And so what ended up happening is that my heroes didn't feel like heroes and my lanes didn't feel like lanes and my towers didn't feel like towers. Everything felt like a very just objective in my head. I was like, well, why am I doing it? Like, well, I guess I love card games. So that's kind of why I'm doing it. But then Mm -hmm. when I really sat down, you know, like I played a ton of Dota when I was younger, I would say when I was about 19 to 24 years old, I played poker and Dota pretty much exclusively in life. Like those were my waking hours. Mm -hmm. I exercised a little bit, but Pretty much outside of that, I played poker and I played Dota. So it didn't it didn't feel like the, the game to me. The one thing about the League of Legends thing is that it is branded a little bit differently. The characters are still recognizable, and League has undergone so many changes over the years that I still recognize it as League of Legends. And this game did kind of hit that mark with me, and I think the pacing was the important part but damn it, I wanted to have a jungler as my hidden card. Like, that's a perfect way to build an EDH <laughs> format. Ooh, okay. I hear that. That, that would be cool. Really and and hey, we,
0: I mean, we're getting draft in the next uh, the next right. preview patch, so maybe like there could be a possibility. Like, right now, just in the card game market, there is no, with the exception of Magic Online, which I'm not counting, because anything that was made in 1997 doesn't count as a digital card game to me. Candelar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that is mo. No, I'm not I'm not going I, down I that rabbit that. hole. That'll be for another. That'll be for another. <laughs> sh- <laughs> shitting on Magic Online will be for another another episode of this of this show. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it will be a recurring series because I. Uh, but there is no and uh, there is no way for the EDH and Commanders they're now called players <laughs> to like scratch that itch. Like yes, there's brawl brawl which is scuffed commander one day a week or whatever they announced in mtga with just the new car that, that's not like you're out. missing the entire point of what edh players want to do if you if you think that that is going to be enough edh players will pl- like they play nothing but that they love it more than the regular game and they're trying to make the coolest possible deck and do the coolest possible thing or they're just trying to win that like they're, they're still that too in edh but Pioneer, yeah.
1: T- Pioneer brawl. <laughs> let's let's run this. Yeah, Let, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm bringing I'm, I'm
0: bringing it back here. I'm bringing draft, it back. I'm, I'm... I,
1: will, I will say draft is exciting. Like I'm. Yes. Really, I told you but, I like limited a lot, so that's going
0: to be. I'm bringing it back here to Runeterra because Runeterra they haven't announced anything for it, but there is the possibility that you they could scratch that itch of EDH players who right now don't have a card game. To play digitally, that gives you that sort of like more of a sandbox. The more like grandiose, the, the, the like the more like, hey, let's play a six-person card game and do crazy things every turn. And instead of it like being a one-on-one format where we're just trying to win and that's it, there is no other. There there is no game that I know of that's a card game that would scratch that itch for those players.
1: So maybe we could see something like that. The other thing I would say. What's that? I said more modes, the merrier. Same with the question earlier. But do we need another card game? Sure. Right. Yeah. Keep, keep them all. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah. the, I, I do get
2: a bit conservative modes. I'm, I'm not a big limited player myself. Like, I enjoy it at the start because it's a good acquisition model. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. a great way to learn the cards. Mm-hmm. But after, a, I'd say, about like a week or two of limited stuff, I get very bored of it. Um, talking about something like Commander, though, I really do love stuff like that. But I have found that like, the more EDH or Commander, whatever you want to call it, that I play... Like the less actual magic that I play, right?
1: right. Sequential, and so I think
2: that, yes, and so yeah. I think that there is some regard to the number of modes that you have, and I right. think you do need to find the right balance because fracturing your own player base is not a very good idea. And so finding the the way to kind of marry all those things together, I really think is an important measure that they have to get right. Like that's the number one thing a game has mm-hmm. to get right. Like I, like there's a there's a game called Eternal which a lot of people just describe as magic light eternal has a very different set of mechanisms that are i'd say it's a fairly accurate description but not a like a dutiful one again i digress uh my biggest problem that i had with eternal was that they introduced so many different things in the menu like Mm. i got to a point where i'd open the menu and i'm like there's like 27 different buttons i can click (laughs) yeah on a phone like do I right. want to play seal deck? Do I want to play league seal deck? Do I want to play draft? Do I want to play draft against AI? Do I want to play against draft against people? Do I want to play constructed? Do I want to play ranked? Do I want to play casual? Do I want to play uh, ranked casual constructed league or whatever? And it just it got <laughs> Magic, to the point where Magic's I was like,
1: got that too. Yeah, no. Yes. Be,
2: yeah. and it's like there's so many things going on. Like for for MTGA, one of my concerns is that they have a best of one ladder and a best of three ladder that account for the same ranking system. So yep. like, when you introduce <laughs> Brawl, that's another piece of the real estate you have to mm-hmm. use up. And if you want to introduce a cube drafting format, that's another piece of the real estate you got to use up. Digital real estate matters in your client. So to find the right balance so of that is super important. So I'm curious to see how rides is going to tackle it. Hearthstone, I think, has mostly nailed it. I think there's okay. some still things, things missing, Mo- Is mainly it a social integration. Tournament sure.
0: mode that we've been asking for for five years? Or?
1: I, that's, Why that's did I even up, say that's, Hearthstone?
2: A, that's a whole other answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move back to, to yeah. Tara here and talking about uh, the digital real estate that's on the platform. Um, it's very valuable and you have to get it right. And so if you're going to introduce something new, it has to be meaningful and it has mm-hmm. to be impactful. If draft is a way for card acquisition, I think that is a fantastic mode that needs to stay there. Draft probably just needs to be there anyway because there's still a large number of people who only enjoy. Draft. But the more mechanisms you make, the more that you can fracture your own player base. And you want everyone working together. If you want them to play and discuss the game and you know love the game as it is, you know, t- team fight tactics, for instance, one fucking game. Mm-hmm. You join up and you play. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that you just said. I don't want a thousand options, but what the. And maybe there, maybe you can, maybe you just can't do that. Maybe that's why this hasn't existed. But I do think that there is a type of player that may not even be in the digital card game space yet, that might need this type of thing to even get into the digital card game space. That wants to play that type of game. Maybe Legends of Runeterra isn't isn't the the place for it, and maybe maybe Magic Arena isn't the place for it. But if you
2: may- want more freeform stuff, Magic is going to be the place to look for that because they have a big history of supporting that sort of yeah.
0: stuff. Absolutely. Different
1: strokes for different folks. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Sum
0: e- it up. Exactly. Um, okay. So we kind of we've, – we've been going all over the place here. So I'm going to try to bring us a little bit back in here. Obviously, we're all very familiar and in various ways integrated in the eSports scene. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind whenever there's a card game is how are we going to get eSports for it? Is there going to be eSports for what? what yeah, <laughs> the first thought that's my first thought i don't care about how good the game is i just want to play these i just want to watch the e- i don't even want to play i just Where's want the, the e- competition sport. yes who's the best <laughs> Go me. exactly uh um, so joshy after playing and what we've seen so far what do you think about runeterra as a possible esport and the okay. competition level of it
1: so yeah i'm 10 years into you know actually commentating and knowing more about esports than just watching mlg wow tournaments i think i did that in like 2007 2008 but then 2010 starcraft 2 kind of launched it all for me but ever since then it's always been like is this an esport is that it's like doesn't matter if someone mm-hmm. can be the best at it it can be an esport that's literally all it boils down to in my in my mind you can have pve esports even they do raid races and wow that's easy sports like, etc yeah there's there's no doubt in my mind that it'll be an esport i actually just did a poll question i think sunday or monday On my Twitter, just to see what people thought, what the competitive format should be for eSports, because it could be Last Hero Standing, Conquest, etc., formats that we've seen for Hearthstone in the past, with bans and vetoes, you bring multiple decks, or I feel like this game is totally fine for a sideboard system as well. Mm -hmm. Replace five to eight cards between games in a BO3. Either way, I think, could work, uh, as long as you're staying within your... You know, your color pillars there, right? So mm-hmm. you bring in, you bring a Teemo Jinx deck. Maybe it goes badly the first game. You, sw- you swap a couple of heroes, a couple of utility cards, something like that to give yourself a better chance. Obviously your opponent's going to do the same. And I feel like there's enough cards uh, in this initial offering that sideboarding could be an option. I think I would probably prefer myself uh, the Last Hero Standing format. Um, just bring bring three decks and see who's got the best variety. I think it's a little more strategic than the sideboard just with the amount of cards that are in the game right now but um definitely an esport we'll have cups as soon as spectator client exists maybe before then because now we have the technology that we can just grab other people's feeds and we commentate over the it technology so, yeah we can make it better um so i'm i'm ready for it i'll run a cup as soon as we can i don't know it doesn't doesn't Z-
0: bother me same z's <laughs> i obviously I'll you play are. As soon
1: as they get... they're
0: available. On <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Rune Terrible Radio uh, Cup will happen as soon as I have the ability to run it. So Woo! yeah, you're and you're both Easy. invited. You're both invited.
1: Great. I'll <laughs> play your cast.
0: We take those. Why? Why not both? <laughs> well, we're gonna have the first player casters. <laughs> That's probably. Hell fine. yeah. Uh, I'll probably uh, excuse myself for that so I don't have to be embarrassed. But A- admirable what do you think? Obviously, you're very integrated in the the Hearthstone esports scene. Uh, what what are your initial thoughts on Runeterra and the esportsification of it?
2: All right. Um, stop me if I get too long here. <laughs> Anything that exists that people play, they will make competitive. End of story. I a friend of mine, they've asked me not to divulge their identity because apparently this is like a weird prop betting thing they do and they make money from this. <laughs> they literally play tiddlywinks for money. Hell yeah. They <laughs> just... <laughs> Destroy people like I have watched them do Tiddlywink <laughs> stuff, and they bring a gram scale with them to weigh the discs that they'll be flipping with. And sometimes it's with coins, sometimes with the whole point is he's very serious about Tiddlywinks and he's very good at it. It's. Fro-down. You might wonder why did they pick Tiddlywinks?
0: I don't even what what is the like two second or the the five, what is the what is Tiddlywinks? I have no idea what this is. Tiddlywinks it's is classic hogs.
2: A, it's a literal children's game where oh, you pogs. use a disc. To flip a different disc into a cup, classic pogs,
1: and your goal (laughs) is to
2: get different sizes of discs in like the like a cup or something, and that's how you win. I don't know, but they play it very seriously. I've Uh I've tried to Google this; like it's not a thing, but they play it for money, and they've shown me like ledgers that they keep about this, and I'm like, this is this is fucking weird. (laughs) People will do anything to make it competitive, and Riot has. I if I recall this statement or this this writing that they did, they talked about letting it kind of be a grassroots thing and and develop organically. If people want to play it competitively, let let them play it competitively. We'll see where it goes. Mm. That to me is like, that's the card model. If people want to play it competitively, they will. And then if they want to support it afterwards, so be it. But I mean, I'll be damned if there's not somebody out there who's trying to make this game competitive, because I know the first thing I'm going to try to do is win as many games as I can and have a spreadsheet (laughs) that shows that. And then if people don't want to uh, believe I've that, I will happily play them for money. That is <laughs> like literally the model that I have built like my entire life on. Like There was a time where I, I was making a large portion of my income from weird prop betting scenarios. I was training nice. myself specifically at strange strategic skills so that I could have gotcha moments against types of personalities that anyone frequently encounter. It sounds kind of weird, but like that's a thing that people will, will do when they get super simulators. It is going to be a competitive <laughs> game. The scope of that competition... That's another story. I have no idea where that leads because that's about A, is it is do people wanna watch it? B, do you wanna play it that often? C, do you have the right people surrounding it to organize it and make it happen? Because mm-hmm. the unsung heroes of eSports are the people behind the scenes that you never ever see. There are so many people when I've worked on Hearthstone stuff that made me sound smart at times by providing me with information or by doing something that looked good for the broadcast. Mm-hmm. My job is to talk the rest of the time and keep people who are there interested making it look interesting is not my job. And frankly, if it was my job, uh, there's, there's going to be some sketch stuff around there because I don't have the technical skill to execute those things. Mm-hmm. But to look at a, a game like this with a huge scope of funding behind it, again, a company like riot, like it's, it's going to be tough to say that the game won't have the reach to be competitive at the very least. And so I don't know how, what their plans are behind it or, or what have you, but to, to say it's not going to be competitive, I think that's just like patently untrue. Mm-hmm. I already know about it. Not even available.
0: <laughs> I'm just hoping that we get some sort of spectator client. And like, not even. <gasps> yes. I, would, I want a spectator client. And, and not only that, I'm getting greedy here. I want a way to have, like, you don't need to have like a tournament mode where they run cups like Magic Online. Just let me be able to have the tournament Custom in bracket. the game. Custom yeah. bracket. Like, that would be great if, if they if they did that. That was one thing that Artifact did really well was like you could run the tournaments that you wanted in in the client. I just want something so that it's not me having to get people who know how to like pull people's streams and asking all the players to stream, and it's I, I don't want to do that. But Makes I want to, yeah. I I don't want to. I just want people to be able to play the game and for me to watch it and cast it. That's what I want <laughs> yeah. more yeah. than anything else, and I. You know what? If Riot doesn't want that to happen, that's.
1: It's shocking how few games have that capability. Tough nuts. <laughs> it is. It I is. Mean, it's tough, though, right? I mean, like, how many
2: of the developers initially anticipated that their game was going to be competitive? Me and you both said it just
1: a second ago. If someone can be the best at it, they're going to do it. They're going to play. We need it's, it's true every game. Put it
2: in every game. But when you're developing a game like that, yeah. is that your thought? Like you're doing so many different steps.
0: <laughs> I mean, when you're riot, I feel like you probably riot should I know. mean you probably that's,
2: <laughs> that's what excites me about it is yeah. you probably do know because they put clearly <laughs> a lot of dollars into right. esports. And I would be shocked if they made that money back.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh
2: at the very best you could justify it as a marketing cost, but there is no way they're in the black because of like esports broadcast that they're putting on it's all it would all be auxiliary to their bottom
0: right yeah that's that's for sure but i mean riot is definitely like even if it's not actual like dollars on the ledger like it's something right like they have they have that thing that people want (laughs) whatever whatever that thing is
2: (laughs) i'd guess they know (laughs)
0: yeah oh we didn't get rich by writing a bunch of checks (laughs) uh buy out boys uh five five points to anyone who gets that reference i love Uh, simpsons references i will never be tired of them oh god i I love the simpsons so much actually this is a simpsons podcast no okay not doing it uh maybe again man so we've got uh Complain about Magic Online podcast, an MLB showdown podcast, and a Simpsons podcast all lined up from this first episode like of this Legend of Rune thing. Terrible <laughs>
2: <laughs> Podcast. Absolutely dead game. Absolutely dead game. Not even a thought to be introducing it by anyone ever
0: again. And <laughs> only I here on Rune Terrible Radio. Do. Only on Terrible Radio will you hear such obscure references.
2: I want it to exist so bad.
0: Same, same. Um, Okay, so let's shift focus here into... Some of our favorite decks and archetypes that we played, because I think this is where this is where the fun happens. I already talked about uh, some Teemo decks that uh, got played. Joshy, I know you put out uh, some videos of some cool decks. Uh, let's start with you, Joshy. What's it, What 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 was your favorite deck to play in the preview patch?
1: Uh, just to harp on what you just said, uh, youtube.com slash Ask Joshy. I actually recorded a bunch of deck techs on Sunday after they unlocked all the cards for everybody. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, great. This is my chance to assemble a bunch of decks, but I only had like six hours to do it. So I, I used some creator codes or you know deck codes from mm-hmm. Twitter and Reddit and all that just to put them together quickly and give them a shot. So um, the Timo deck that I uploaded today is actually Rainad's creation. He tweeted that uh, he actually went 22 and zero with a Teemo Nexus burn deck, and I thought that's probably good. That's probably a good deck, so I slapped that one mm-hmm. together and had some four minute wins. Uh, it's a bit ridiculous. And then um, my own brews. Actually, I started with the starter decks. There are three starter decks, a uh, bunch of wild cards they gave us on the first day. So I modified the Elise and Darius deck. Uh, to be just Elise and spiders, because all the spider synergies affect only other spiders generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just figured out what are the spells I need uh, to make spiders as efficient as possible. I played roughly 80 games uh, across the first two days with that one as I unlocked cards and got more stuff and figured out what was beating me, what was crushing me. Freljord, turns out, crushes spiders. They have too many board (laughs) wipes to deal with. Avalanche, She Who Wanders. Anivia is like the bane of spiders because so many of them have one toughness or health. Um, but I really like spiders and it still held a, a winning a positive win rate so could revisit that uh, in the future then I realized uh, what I enjoyed playing was the ephemerals I, I saw a bunch just Zed and shark chariot specifically the shark chariot card. that card is this so card crazy. is insane so I love sharks and chariots so uh, obviously um, I wanted to tune a I tried a couple of different heroes with Zed um, but again I think that You've only got so many cards in your deck, you want to play these synergies as much as you can. You don't necessarily need to jam a second hero. I did at least only Spider Ball. It worked fine, Mm -hmm. so I did Zed only Ephemerals. I know Hecarim's up there at six drop, but Zed you can top out at three mana. You've got access to Deny. You've got access to Twin Disciplines, which is the best, in my opinion, the best... uh, combat trick in the game right now for elusives and ephemerals because your board is so clogged every time that whatever they don't block, you just add three on top and it mm-hmm. closes out games so often with elusives or just a shark chariot or whatever. So um, the Zed ephemerals deck is one that I was really happy with that I just brewed and tuned myself over another like 40 or 50 games. Very happy with where that ended. And then I started doing the, uh, uh, the cards were opened. So I just grabbed like a Fiora mm-hmm. Shen deck and et cetera, et cetera. I, still, I played a couple of Frostbite and Freljord ramp decks, and I think my brain is not ready for those yet. <laughs> I think this, the high-speed kill the Nexus works totally fine. I was a Gruel player in Magic, so totally yep. it just it makes sense to me, right? So I did tend to favor aggro decks, but I've got a couple of other deck techs, uh, the Fiora deck and one or two others coming up this week. But I, those are my favorite. Zed and uh, Elise Ball were actually really fun.
0: That's how I tend to f- to work in uh, at the onset of card games or limited formats. Uh, me, me, no go high school. Me, go face. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: I'm not trying to play a math test here. All right. <laughs> Don't my, Use
2: your fancy college boy words. Uh, all right. My, Turn them <laughs> sideways. My math words test. Are for is, morons you can't understand. It.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, one question I had for you, Joshi, because I saw yeah. I was very interested when you had your Z only deck and your Elise only deck. How did the running a single uh a single champion work for you because it seemed like well yeah go ahead
1: just magic magic the gathering was my my inspiration right you've got birds with swords flying tribals and you've got white weenies where every card you play stacks on top of each other Mm -hmm. spiders do that really well spiders all buff other spiders it makes sense cramming all the spiders like Mm -hmm. that you know that don't suck and turns out all the spiders are fine (laughs) in that shell uh you use literally every spider in that deck and then Zed Ephemerals, again, it's like, well, I crammed in all the cheap Ephemerals. Now what do I do? Elusive actually fit the plan because there is an Ephemeral Elusive that bounces back to hand every turn. That means it's safe from removal on defensive rounds even. So I loved, you know, just playing of the first few times I found that uh, just Zed works fine because he, he pumps the two uh, really cheap creatures that get one of them is a one drop gets plus one plus one for each creature that gets played that turn Hmm. one is a elusive that gets plus one plus oh for each creature that gets played that turn and so if you're making zed clones shark chariots haunted relic makes three one ones in one turn pumps a one one to a four four in combat like instantly it's it just all the synergies make sense and then trying to figure out the other hero to go in there was too slow or you know not enough synergy generally Mm -hmm. I I haven't tried all the combinations obviously but I figured topping out at three is really good I got the burst spells deny and twin disciplines to drive it home and I I just didn't feel the need to modify it further after a certain point but uh, I don't think you need two champs you should use one you should definitely use one because they're all strong yeah that Uh, that seems like (laughs) you still need a deck that wins if you don't draw it that's the thing but that can happen in a deck with two champs so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know it's not too crazy
0: I just thought it was really interesting because it's like the game is very clearly telling you that you want to use two champs because they're very strong and they are like... They're build-arounds, but that's the sort of next-level thing that's like, yeah, no. Sometimes it like it's like in limited it's like oh yeah you want to run 17 lands because it gives you that but sometimes you can build a deck that wants to run 14 and it feels really weird but also it can be super powerful and i love those types of decks so that's what it kind of made me feel about i was i was interested to ask you that question admirable any decks jump out to you
2: well my favorite decks never tend to be the best decks it's just kind of the way that it always works out for me the, the my favorite thing to do was kill people with uh Fiora's alternate win. Yes, yes. So, yes. Fiora's yes. a three cost champion that has an effect called Challenger, which means that you get to select what unit's blocking it. And so, the whole goal of the deck is to buff up the Fiora over and over again so that she survives in combat. Because when she kills things in combat, that's how she makes progress towards her champion leveling up. And then, if you've killed four units with her and she has survived them all, you win the game,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
2: this spectacular animation it is it's sweet where her sword comes up with just a reflection of her face in it and it just strikes the nexus and you win the game and so i built a deck where my only units in the entire deck were Omenhawk and Fiora, and everything else was dedicated to either buffing or protecting Fiora in some manner. And it was really terrible, because every time <laughs> the colors that had removal cards, they would decimate you. Um, but if you played against people who were just trying to strictly be aggressive and didn't have these big, expensive removal spells, mm-hmm. you got to do this very spectacular, flashy ending where it was like, Fiora got bed. And I'm like... That's a mechanism I have experienced playing League of Legends is the top laner feeding and the viewer is unstoppable. Like that's that's a thing of the game. And so I feel like having that captured is something that is incredibly difficult to do. But it was something that they did, I think, very perfectly on this one card because she starts out pretty weak. Three mana, three, three. Uh, with a challenger effect on it. A very strong utility card, but it's not something that, like, on, you know, when you're reaching eight, nine mana turns, you draw it, and you're like, that's exactly what I wanted!
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, having that sort of effect built into something so innocuous was one of my favorite things to do, because it's been a long time since I have just purely stacked things on a creature and attacked. You know, if if you understand magic, Infect is really where that deck sits, and that's yes. a deck I've never played yeah. before. Um, but in in this game, to see that there were so many different ways to go with how to build stuff... You know, my favorite thing to do is typically just aggression because it forces people to change the way that they think about the game, that they're playing the game, and that they're building their decks. And adaptation is a big part of that. But having an adaptation from a top down perspective is something I really have rarely done. And being able to do that with Fiora, where it's like, I'm going to lose to the decks of removal and I'm going to smash the mm-hmm. decks that don't. <laughs> Ooh, that was a very satisfying feeling in my first five games and not the five afterwards uh,
0: bro dice
1: to doomblade it's not good <laughs> yeah what are you doing doomblade guy
2: is smart that is a huge
1: that is a huge weakness of the zed ephemeral's deck too if you if you have to play him on three to attack on three that gives them one opportunity to use a removal and kill your zed and then you're just like oh I'm gonna play another game, <laughs> like, uh, but if and I'll, I'll take my twenty five experience, <laughs> yeah, if you play' on the end of their turn three and you can attack immediately on four, then you're golden usually. Mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's a toughie,
0: yeah. I thought actually both of those decks really kind of spoke to me and and not even like the deck specifically, um, fiora being like a combo card in a lot of ways. Cause like it's an alternate win yeah. condition and like you can build it like you did Admiral, just pump up the Fiora and just, and just go for it. I saw the Fiora Shen deck that was like, all I'm going to do is protect the Fiora at all costs right. with the, um, what's it? It's not called divine shield. It's called something else barrier barrier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely not like divine shield at all. <laughs> It, is. it goes away at the end of a uh, turn. True that is that is true. I definitely uh, bamboozled myself <laughs> multiple times because I'm like, oh, especially with the guy that like gives something right, right, divine or turn. gives you something barrier in your hand. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. well, it's got to stay there if it's him. Oh, nope, and it's gone. <laughs> um, but like having the Fiora type decks as a combo deck, having like the Teemo like make ephemeral copies of Teemo or that. That guy that was like a recruiter that's like pull three, pull two or three, like two cost units from your deck and put them into play where you could like put three Timos in play immediately. Like Mm, having those like OTK combo decks in a game that just came out like this was kind of mind blowing to me because you had like, you had like the pillars, you had these combo decks, you had hyper aggro, you had hyper control, you had ramp, and you had sort of mid range decks. And obviously, yeah. Like we talked about before, some of these aren't going to be that viable eventually. Like, there's going to be that check in the format. It's like if you can't beat uh, turn one three two into turn two five two into turn three, like like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to exist as a deck because that deck is always going to exist. But like having that sort of like those different pillars in the variety. game, so that variety so early was like kind of mind blowing to me. Like, how often yeah. do we see and and like. How often do we see like a combo deck in a digital card game? Most times they like design them so that you can't get the the closest thing that I remember is like Grim Patron uh, in Hearthstone way back in the day. Uh, they usually are like nope, we're not doing combos because they're kind of hard to do and like if there's a lot of clicking and people sometimes don't like them but like i'm a splinter twin guy through and through like give me my kiki-jiki <laughs> give me my give me all that stuff i want to be
2: the game.
0: yes <laughs> i want to play combo decks like i love combo decks um when they're good <laughs> so i'm like a, i guess a spike johnny uh but There's like a
2: specific term for that, I just don't know what it is. I don't. I don't
0: remember. Melvin. What it is. I don't know. <laughs> God, I hope it's not Melvin. You said
2: it so confidently that I was like, "Wow,
1: Joshy knows." It's called a. I'm a Melvin. All it's right? called
0: a Joshy. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, I'm a Melvin. Uh, I'm also a Melvin. Actually, I'm as Joshy, and I'm doing a sound show. Okay, that was a that was a pre-show reference. <laughs> uh, you insane. only you only get these things if you listen to the pre-show as well. Um, but long story short, I thought that it was really cool that the game supported that because like if you guys remember early early hearthstone it was like every single deck had the same like 15 to 20 uh neutral cards it was like sylvanas ardent commander Sunshatter cleric dark iron dwarf novice engineer knife juggler all the every single deck had that core and then like you could make it a little more aggressive, or you could make it, like, a little more of a very much defined mid-game, Chillin' Yeti. Like, the, all those things, like, the decks felt very similar, even though they were somewhat different. But, like, it certainly wasn't like there was a control deck, and then there was also a hyper-aggro deck, and also a combo but Like, it didn't feel like that in Hearthstone. Um, it took
2: longer to, to figure that stuff out, right? Yeah. I mean, Freeze Mage and Combo Drift big one. Whereas Freeze Mage was a big combo deck with Alexstraza, mm-hmm. and Horse Nature Savage Roar was a combo deck via mid range pressure. That's what right. I hit Legend with was the old
1: F O N. Yeah. Yep. Like Hearthstone,
2: Hearthstone in terms of like digital card games was the Wild West because yep. there was no data tracking sites, there was no there was no uh, software to compile of that data. Yep. And with Legends of Rune Terra, that was a Twitch add on that I installed Right. For my Immediately. first hour of playing yeah. the game. And I was like, oh, Mobalytics. My God, yeah. was on it. Shout outs to Mobalytics
0: like, by the way. They those guys are yeah. awesome.
2: Yes. And I want to, I want to take that point and bring it back because you mentioned a lot of things about, you know, having pillars of things that you expect in card games to really be there. Like that's an important draw that they need to have because the card game community is quite broad and it's quite large. Mm -hmm. You need to have these things sitting here to attract player personality types. And I'm very curious who the development team for this was because it feels like they hit the mark on so many of them to me
0: mm-hmm.
2: where I'm like there are some smart card players who are developing this like it isn't happenstance that you land on this stuff it isn't inexperience that's brought to this point here is my instinct my instinct tells me that these were seasoned professional players who had a very big hand in developing a lot of these mechanisms and they managed to do it in a way that feels like legends. And in a way that feels like it's the kind of card games that you expect as well. I'm I'm just really curious to know who the development team is because I want to give them praise for it so far.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But we're five days in. Right. Remember that we're five days <laughs> in. We have no idea True. what the future holds.
0: Yes, we're all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, yeah. and optimistic. So far, so good. Ma- yeah. You know, maybe this maybe this is the reason that they took it down because we're not going to shit talk it when yeah. we don't have it because we want <laughs> it back.
2: So like, Dad, we're, we're going see certain players getting super high win rates with Zed. Only Zed decks and Timo is starting Winnie. to creep out as a combo deck. Oh my gosh! Take
0: it down! Take it down! <laughs> take uh take down Ash Joshy. <laughs> oh no! The Riot
1: FBI is going for Ash Joshy. and your red dots creeping up. they like, no no no, no <laughs> dog, 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 dog.
0: He, he already figured out that you could run one hero. Abort! Abort! Abort!
1: <laughs> Wait for the no hero decks. That'll be some shit. <laughs>
0: God, I don't. I, I don't want to imagine that because
1: I, I. on Oops, a, a, spells.
0: On, on, on a on a. On a now, now you're speaking my language. Actually, <laughs> once we get Cascade in the format, I'm all in. I'm all about it. And and once we get Cascade and cheating mana, then it will be a true degenerate, uh, <laughs> a true degenerate uh, card game for sure. Um, but on, on a sem- somewhat serious note, when you say "wait till there's no no hero deck or a deck with no heroes." I almost feel like they absolutely don't want that to happen. Cause like there's, so, it's like so, such an iconic part of the game that they right. want it, to have. It in... would
1: at the moment be silly not to right. use a hero. They what would. Think, I, I You're shaking your head. Yeah.
2: It, 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 I, I'm honestly kind of surprised. You don't have like a mandatory.
1: Like it forces yeah. you, you could,
2: to use two. Yes. Yeah, so, like you can use up to six and you can yeah. use duplicates. You could use up to three of a specific card. So mm-hmm. you could have decks with two champions, three copies of each one. You could have. But you can play just one single one if you want. Like, I'm really surprised that you don't have to play them. But I guess at the end of the day, that's where they designed the faction point, right? You, you're mm-hmm. fighting for the faction. You're not fighting for the champion. Right. Right. And so that's really the the main I differential, that. I would say, from like League of Legends world into world explored by League of Legends. Um like they're exploring the faction types now and that's i i don't know anything about league of legends lore nope, like i i neither. couldn't tell you what something belonged to except for that i've seen it in legends that of runeterra so yeah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
2: like i'm still calling them like pink and light blue and right. green <laughs> I, i'll learn it eventually but To me, like the idea that you would win without a champion, I'm like, what's the fucking point of that? (laughs) You can win.
0: Unless it's just Poros, (laughs) I think that's the only way that I would be happy with it. It's like this. Okay, these these are the squirrels of Legends of Runeterra. Let (laughs) us have our
2: squirrel deck. Legends
1: champions. (sighs) They could. Yeah.
0: They could
2: could. very easily do that. It's a card game. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. Look look at what Hearthstone did. Hearthstone broke away from. Part of the title, which said "Heroes of Warcraft," they mm-hmm. just dropped that.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Kentucky Fried Chicken
1: that. became KFC. It's a crazy world. It, <laughs> I don't even know who the Colonel is anymore. There's like six of them. <laughs> There's ten of them. Yeah. 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 Rudy, Rudy was like the like last one in this movie.
2: movie.
0: I can't wait for the esports <laughs> so uh, awesome. for the esports Colonel to come on and talk about Legends of Runeterra. Yeah. It's gonna be DJ Wheat. <laughs> <laughs> <It's gonna>, oh, <laughs> like white beard. That would be pretty great.
1: No, he said he's cosplaying the KFC the the uh, game that they released. There's a, a KFC oh, dating sim. Oh yes, going to cosplay it. Absolutely, he said it already. What? Yeah, I'll check, check it out. There's I'll... a KFC. Wait, are you? Sim. Wait, I'll yeah. To go explore that. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, are you
0: are you surprised that he's cosplaying it, or have you not heard of the KFC dating sim? Both. Okay, so <laughs> here's the fifth podcast that's spawning off of the <laughs> Terrible Radio. It's the KFC dating sim podcast. Uh, that's lower oh, on the man. list than MLB Showdown in my mind. Got to put that one, <laughs> yeah, one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are rounding out here on time. So, uh, I know we've got a number of folks here in Twitch chat. If you guys do want to ask some questions to us, get them in. Um, I did get one earlier from my Discord here. We talked about it a little bit. Maybe we can give it a little more color here. Uh, Yunhao asks, What comp- what? What will competitive play look like? Do you think it's going to be best of three sideboard like MTG or multiple decks in Hearthstone? I know Joshi you had uh, some opinions on that uh, that you talked about earlier, but is there any you know particular reason that you think it should be one or the other?
1: Um, I liked last Hero standing in Hearthstone because I thought there's a lot of strategy and what decks do you bring? First of all, to face a, f- a large field of players, mm-hmm. you're going to be bringing your most comfortable three decks and I think that's a large strategic decision rather than just bringing one, which gives you the highest win rate, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say you have a 60% win rate and two fifty percent win rates that you have to choose from. Um, that's going to be a tougher decision than just bringing your 60% every time mm-hmm. and building a sideboard for it. So I like the strategic pre-planning that goes into multiple deck formats. Uh, sideboarding, we're more familiar with just from Magic the Gathering, and I think the deck size is a little bit prohibitive for sideboards. system. So obviously you've got 60 cards in Magic, and it's... 40, right? And uh, Rune Terror, it's slipping my mind right now. 30 or 40? It's 40. 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the sideboard obviously would have to be a much smaller, 5 to 8, 15 or something like that. Mm -hmm. We also don't have land resource cards that you have to worry about. So it could be doable. I just, I don't know that that would be my favorite anyway, just because people are going to, I think we're going to get a lot of mirror matches in that instance Mm -hmm. compared to the uh, bring several pick and ban sort of deal. Uh, Whether it's Conquest, Last Hero Standing, or some other multi-deck format, I think I would prefer a multi-deck format admiral how about you
2: i have so many thoughts i'm going to approach it from my everybody has every card standpoint here's what i would love to in
0: tournament play that's probably the where you have to go
2: yeah well i I mean you have to have tournaments for people who don't have everything too you You have to be no you don't just experience (laughs) organized play like the key i think for me is that it's organized play not tournaments however fair I'm, I'm going to go back to my League of Legends point where I want it to feel like League of Legends and I'm going to experience an idea here. One of my favorite things in Hearthstone was the ace match from Fight Night. And this is like ancient video in Hearthstone world at this point, where when we showed up, the way that it panned out was opponents banned a class and then we banned a class. And then you went back and forth and you picked. You each ended up with three classes. You omit one of the classes. So all nine classes got used in some way over the course of this. And then from there, you built three decks based on your classes but you knew which classes you had and you knew which classes your opponents had
0: oh what if there's
2: a champion pick and ban phase and then you literally build your decks based on what champions you drafted versus your opponent so if i draft thresh you can't take that if you ban thresh i can't oh
0: so you're sharing i think allows
2: something like this to exist because the game speed is is quite quick i would say in comparison to to the traditional card Mm -hmm. games i've played So how much time can you give people to build impromptu decks based on which champions have been drafted or banned? And to me, that's something that sounds very exciting in my head, but is logistically a giant nightmare. So. Wow. That would be crazy to keep things a bit more simpler. I think you start something with best of three, You test it and you figure it out from there. What did the players want and what did it feel like that they really wanted? Like, was your matchup so bad that you feel like you needed a sideboard card? Was your matchup so bad that you felt like you needed an alternate deck? Is that better for if the deck wins and it stays or if the deck loses uh, and it stays there? Like, developing card game formats is inherently very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I just that's an idea that came out of my head when I was thinking about what Joshi was saying there. I'm okay with any of them because at the end of the day, anything that you do, the competitive players are going to figure out the way to get the edge. Mm-hmm. Man, that's been true for even some of the most abysmal of formats that i true. have ever experienced in my entire life the good players will find the ways to get an edge and there just always is one at the start yep so i'm just excited to see whatever they can come out with i think for me personally it doesn't feel like a sideboard game i don't feel like it feels like a best of three game necessarily even
1: hmm.
2: i'm just i'm kind of curious where it goes like to me like can you have a high, large, yeah can you have like a hyper large amount of rounds and have not best of take place instead again the game speed's very quick like we're not going to be waiting an hour for someone to finish if right. it's best of ones and even if it's best of threes i would say like probably in the neighborhood of if you, there's no sideboard like a half hour cap honestly for a round yeah the game speed i think opens it up to things that we haven't had before in card tournaments and so that's what i'm excited about what can they do with game speed that makes it run more fluidly and better overall for everybody?
0: that is a extremely good point point. one of the most frustrating things about playing magic tournaments is well i'm playing the aggro deck so i'm done and i just sit around and do nothing yeah. or the i literally okay. don't want to be playing the control deck because if i have to play the mirror for 10 rounds might draw. Yeah. Or uh, might, a i might draw yeah. and b the steam coming out of my ears after round yeah. six is not going to be
1: metaphorical it's going
0: to literally be playing uh, or literally be happening so my my thought is to... I lean towards sideboard, but that's, I think, just my Magic the Gathering glasses on for so many years and playing at a higher level competitively at Magic the Gathering than I did in Hearthstone. In the tournaments I did play in Hearthstone, the Last year St- I don't remember if it was Conquest or Last Hero Standing. Those felt similar to me. They just felt different. They I are just similar. Yeah. I just like... I think what is cool about... Sideboards is that it opens up design space to create cards that are very narrow, that are very narrow in scope. Also true. Um, when you have a game like Hearthstone, like yes, you have your uh, hungry crab type cards and your uh, your other like very specific like hate cards, but you, they're not quite the same as like in Magic where it's like counter target blue spell. You can't really main like that. deck that um, stuff like that. That's fair. That I mean, that's the consideration that they have to that they have to think about, right? Like
1: that, that's yeah. Which one do we, which one do they want to focus on?
0: Yeah, but even even like not not necessarily like counter target blue spell, but like this is a, like this card can't, like uh, shifting ceratops from M twenty is kind of an example of like it's like a, a pretty good card, but it's really good against blue. Like you can run it, and maybe you wouldn't need a sideboard to do that. I don't know. Um, I'm I guess. I lean towards sideboards, but I think it's just because I, I, I'm so familiar with that, not necessarily uh, uh, locked into it. Okay, yeah, I'm
2: I'm curious how much of me just want something new. Sure, like, it's been a long time. That I've draft so many...
0: format sounds sick, by the way.
2: It's just it's so hard to make new things in cards because the stuff that works works,
1: mm-hmm. but this is a
2: completely new game. They're utilizing a system that's been very underutilized with taker tiff being uh, deliberate instead of earned mm-hmm. and let's just get new stuff going. I, I want to see what they can do with it or what, yeah. you know, someone else can cook up. I want to see some crazy stuff. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, by golly, we'll go back to the stuff that does. True. We have a baseline.
0: We yeah. know it works. We can always default back to that, right? Yeah. We can just do conquest bet last year of standing, or just have a couple of cards sideboard. We can yeah. do that. Yeah.
2: Just don't sign a year-long contract.
1: <laughs> and
0: don't sign it with Just Facebook wait. Gaming, please. For the, uh, I, okay, if anyone if anyone takes offense to that, uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, wink, I uh, have no allegiance so I can, do what I can do and say whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> That's the beauty of not being signed by anyone. I can talk as much shit as I want, um, but I'm sorry if I put anyone out by saying that. But, um, you're fine. <laughs> you're, wait, what is this red dot on my phone? Fo- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blubber's ble- 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 is talking shit about Facebook again. <laughs> <Okay>. Get him. <laughs> uh, and what a time to do it. Um, I think... Thing. is there okay um if, if you guys have any other questions get them in but we're going to be wrapping up here soon admiral we'll start with you. is there any other like topic about uh Rune Terra that really interested you that we haven't touched on yet or anything you're super excited about for the future of the game i'm just i'm curious to
2: see how this how the aggressive changes will work again they've specified this in an article i'm sorry i don't have the article handy for me to reference on this um, so i could probably just find it on like riot zephyr's twitter um <laughs> One of the things that I look at is how aggressive changes are going to work with the game. Mm -hmm. Because part of card games that's so beautiful is familiarity. Like when you go to play poker, poker is one of the most played card games in the world and it always will be. You know what it is every single time. Mm -hmm. You get dealt two cards if you're playing Hold'em anyway. If you're going to get dealt two cards, there's going to be three community cards. There's going to be a turn and there's going to be a river and you bet on each round. That's it. N- nothing no weird changes it's not like the six of no. spades got buffed and, <laughs> and like, like the jack of hearts got toned down a little bit mm-hmm. like it's the same thing every single time and what makes it dynamic is to have the mystery and to have it revealed mm-hmm. like, that's a very powerful mechanism of card games and so with aggressive changes is it going to hurt or is it going to help i don't know
1: i'm skeptical but i'm also excited so
2: chaos i love <laughs> chaos too so let's let's figure it out
1: yes um, I found some bullet points from the developer AMA that at least could help out. Admirable. Uh, it says new sets should come out every four months, starting at launch. Okay, so. Balance MTG. patches should be monthly. Adding additional cards between sets is something being looked into. The goal is to get every champion into the game, and closed beta will include ranked new boards and guardians. So that's that's kind of sums up.
0: Oh, guardians are like the little
1: poor. Balance things. patches once a month is a lot for a card. It is. It's that hilarious. does sound aggressive.
0: Yeah, but coming from my TFT podcast, that's yeah, way too well, long. Well, TFT, <laughs> granted,
1: they have also said that they're not going to do the frequent patches anymore sure. unless something's busted. So sure. they have skipped. You know, that was their first offering. They did it rapidly, and now they're backing off. But that, you're absolutely right. They did change it a lot. Well,
0: <laughs> having the like at the beginning, it was literally a full balance patch and sometimes content patch every single week right. with the B pad, <laughs> and and. When when Mort, this is a, a complete tangent off of Ventura. But when Mort put, when Mort said that, he's like, or when he put his like, what we've learned from set one article that came out a couple days ago, he said, TFT has been a really great three months, and I'm like.
1: Does Why does it feel like it's been a year it's, that it's been yeah. a... I don't know. I feel because like I've been playing Yeah,
0: because yeah. it's the internet.
1: And, and uh, we're all full-time gamer yeah. nerds. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm at least watching Twitch full-time, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's certainly certainly crazy. Joshy, anything fun? Anything exciting? Uh, what What is the most exciting thing for you for Runeterra moving forward?
1: Um, you can pet the Poro. If you didn't know, you can move your mouse in a circle <laughs> and it flips on his back and goes, like a little turkey sound. It's great.
0: I made him mad by accident. No, like, no, he, I, yeah, he'll growl at you too. I, I kept clicking. I'm like, ooh, what what, what what, will he do? What will he do? And he was like happy, happy. And I clicked him too many times. Like, yeah, He's like... He gets oh, mad unless God. you have
1: snacks for him. That's really the trick. But and to answer the question, honestly, <laughs> um, I do, again, I just like having something new to play. Like TFT and Underlords have been my games all year, like since they existed, mm-hmm. and already I'm like, okay, bye, Underlords and TFT, I'm playing Runeterra now. Oh, oh no. So uh, I like I like new things. I think Draft is going to be fun for me. Like I said before, I enjoy limited. Hearthstone Arena, I played way more than Hearthstone Standard. Magic Arena, I performed better at least in competitive settings. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm just a, a limited guy. My brain works better that way, so I'm happy to see that coming at the next preview patch next month. Um, I think, I'm, again, just kind of scrolling through this uh, AMA recap because there's a lot of information on it but um i think adding keeping it fresh is important and mm. uh, we said it earlier a couple of times variety is the spice of life different strokes for different folks more modes you know potentially with a cap you're saying obviously other games have maybe overdone it but mm-hmm. i like a little bit of variety i don't you know i don't like queuing up for the same thing over and over and over uh personally so just uh keep it keep it moving keep your you know feet on the ground but still uh, adapt on things, and you should have a solid game. I think the first offering, I gave a 9 out of 10 just on a tweet, not a full review or anything like that. But <laughs> I think the first offering is very, very solid, and I don't see them really um, – I, I can't see them really messing this up from this point um, as long as they Famous keep iterating. And keep, well, they have to listen. That's the thing. They have to yeah. l- iterate and listen. And so far, TFT has been a pretty good example of them doing that. So True. I'm optimistic.
0: I also am very optimistic. But again, maybe it's just a psychological thing. They took it away so that we would want it even more. Who knows? Um, But that is going to be the end of our time on this very first episode of Rune Terrible Radio. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was an absolute blast for me uh, having you guys on talking about some Rune Terra. But before we go, why don't you guys tell everyone where you can be found on the Internet? Joshy, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, Right there on the screen, Ask Joshy. I've got it on all the websites, Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, of course, being the most important. I also have a Facebook and Instagram if you're interested in less frequent updates, (laughs) personal (laughs) things. But um, yeah, Ask Joshy, Google it, you'll run into my stuff. And uh, I am uploading... Like I said, I did some deck techs on Sunday. I'm trying to space out until the next preview patch. So uh, if you want to subscribe, YouTube.com/slash Ask is a good place to see some of my previous games and thoughts on different decks. So uh, thanks very much for inviting me here on the show, and I hope that some folks in chat uh, enjoyed our banter and will enjoy our future content as well.
0: Yes, including our uh, our MLB showdown. MLB, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Admirable. <laughs> where, find- <laughs> where can people find? you? Where can people find you?
2: At That's Admirable on anything that I'm on. If it's not That's Admirable, it's because it's Instagram, which I don't really care about. That's for whatever people want to find. (laughs) I focus mainly on competitive stuff um, and opinions very much so. I like to have lots of opinions on things that I present very often as fact instead of opinion. (laughs) Um, That's the internet. Twitter and Twitch are where I'm at right now. Uh, Trying to cast cards full time. Uh, Being in the entertainment industry is something that I didn't really anticipate, but it's something I do love to do. And it's been six years now, so I'm still looking for work at the moment uh, due to a very recent departure from a couple of projects that I was uh, contracted for. Um, But we're going to see where this future takes us. I love cards, and I anticipate it's going to be something done with cards. So that's admirable and everything.
0: Well, that's at least what I'm hoping for, uh, for sure. And you're both always welcome to come back on Rune Terrible Radio. But, guys, you can find me on the Internet. I'm at the underscore Blevins on Twitter. Uh, And at the – or, sorry, twitch.tv slash the Blevins is where this show will be living, at least for the – the immediate future for the live shows and at rune terrible on Twitter. I got, I, I, you know, I, I know you guys can't believe it, but I snagged that one up. No one took rune terrible on Twitter. So I've got that. Um, and you can follow the show there and all of the updates around the show will be there. I don't, once I get everything set up, all of the links and stuff on iTunes, YouTube, all that good stuff will be at, Uh, rune terrible on Twitter so you can find it all there Uh, if you do like TFT I do a TFT show called Little Legends Podcast that's at LIL Legends Pod on Twitter all that good stuff is there but enough about that thank you again to Joshy and Admirable for coming on the show I am the Blevins and we will catch you guys later and we'll be talking more about legends of rune terrible here on rune terrible radio
1: bye see ya